Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another episode of the 20th Century Girls podcast. Hello, everybody. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, Welcome back to another 1920s episode. All right. So last week, we talked your ear off like crazy all about 1920s fashion. Um, So this week, we are actually going to be getting into 1920s music and dance. So let's get started, why don't we? All right, so the 1920s kind of was known as the jazz age. So obviously during this time, jazz music became super popular. It was mostly popular in cities like New York, Chicago, and New Orleans. Yes. So just as we said if in the fashion episode, how that was the modern era of fashion coming around, this was known as the modern era for music. And so some of the famous music genres were jazz, of course, blues, and dance band slash ragtime jazz. So Eddie Lane and John Venuti were actually the first musicians to incorporate the guitar and violin into jazz music. Interesting. Who knew? I don't think of violin Uh, music as jazz. I know, right? Like, you could think about it and then be like, oh, I guess it could incorporate into it, but it's not very common. You always think about, like, the horns and stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, when I was writing down all this information on jazz music, um... I was thinking about Sebastian in La La Land, played by Ryan Gosling. I know that's a newer movie, but how passionate <laughs> he is about jazz music. I was like, wow, he'd be so proud of me right now. Anyway, back to 1920s. Um, so actually, <laughs> jazz music began in the early 1900s, but it started in the African-American community in New Orleans, but didn't get prominent notice until the 1920s. And also, jazz influenced fashion, dance, It was also uh, more accepting of moral standards and race relations as well. Well, to younger communities, at least. Yes, Um. (laughs) definitely to the younger communities. But you know what? That was the beginning of change. Yes. And so two very popular musicians at the time, some of you may know, uh, Louis Armstrong and Duke Ellington. They were probably considered the most popular jazz musicians from the jazz age. Uh, some of their famous songs include Heebie Jeebies from Louis Armstrong in 1926 and Black and Tan Fantasy by Duke Ellington that came out in 1927. And jazz basically was the defining sound and style of the 20s, and it constantly uh, <clears throat> and constantly influences music to this day. Lots of musicians still go back to the 1900s and 1920s and just get down nitty-gritty into the old music, and that's how they gather their inspiration for hits of today. Yes, I'm sure plenty of people can hear the influence of jazz music in everyday music that they listen to today. Mm -hmm, I know I certainly could when I was listening to all the 1920s music and things. It's very different than um, maybe what we think of jazz music today. Um, I always... I guess if we're gonna, if you're gonna look back at La La Land, I always like Emma Stone's character. <laughs> thought of jazz music as actually like in a soothing manner. Like you always think of mm-hmm. it as like calming and stuff like that. But obviously, during that time, it was very um, loud and exciting, and you know, featured the heavy. Not what, 
not what the older generation was used to, really. Oh, no. A little bit, but not really. Oh, no. The older generation um, thought it was vulgar and a mm-hmm. moral disaster, I found out. so. Oh, my goodness. Which is pretty common with a lot of the music that mm-hmm. we'll end up talking about in all future episodes. Um, just because it's so different from what, obviously, they were used to at the time. And, you know, they were just crazy it's the same way that people nowadays probably older people think of the music that we listen to as like vulgar and things so. mm-hmm. i mean i'm already feeling old because i look at the new millennium and like these all all these millennials are listening to this certain stuff and i'm just like what oh it's different I <laughs> i'm like i have no idea who that is but that's just life it literally happens with each generation Anyways, so now we are going to continue on to the blues. So the blues was also started early in the African-American community in the 20s. And the blues actually focused on a 12-bar structure. Now, if you're not a musician, you don't really know what that means. But if you're a musician, you understand it. (laughs) Um, I'm not, I used to play music, but that was so long ago that it's a little out of my brain now. Anyway, so I would highly recommend to look it up if you are interested. Anyways, so the blues was mostly exclusive to the black community, actually. Um, but one of the big time blues artists was Mamie Smith. She was actually the first uh, African American and woman to record a blues vocal performance in 1920. And her song was called Crazy Blues. Now, this was very rare for African-Americans because, you know, race is still such a big issue and everything. But um, you know what? Woman got it done. The Blues discussed personal struggles within the African-American community and their historical struggles as well. But they would also add some witty, comical banter to take on their struggles of life as well. Yes. And then another wonderful musician back then for the blues section was Ma Rainey. And she, if not, if it's not already out, there's a movie about her um, with Chadwick Boseman. And is it Viola Davis? It's Viola Davis, I think. She's playing Ma Rainey. I'm not too sure, but I think so. I'm pretty, I think it's, yes. We could look it up on IMDb. It's not that hard. Pretty sure it is uh, Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick's last film i'm very much looking forward to watching it um but yeah so ma rennie was considered the mother of blues and she was also one of the first professional blues recording artists known and she was known for having a very soulful powerful voice and here's a little fun fact that i did not know she was also hinted or considered to be part of the lgbtq community interesting if that is true, she really is like an inspiration to a whole lot of people in the LGBT community nowadays. Um, one of her popular songs include C.C. Writer, which came out in 1924, and Prove It On Me for 1928. So yeah, so now I'm like even more intrigued to find out because, hello, 1920. I mean, 1920s, people were more, if you were in the speakeasy club area, I'm sure they were a lot more flexible on being gay or having relations with the same gender to a point as long as you don't get caught outside of that club. 
I am assuming. Depend. I would say it depends where you are. It it would depend on basically where you are or yeah anything like that. 1920s was pretty revolutionary with their speakeasies mm-hmm. um, that kind of became like how a lot of different barriers were brought down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Like men and women co-mingling and drinking together and partying oh, together. Oh, my goodness. Without parents' approval? Yeah. So and chaperones? Kind of after goodness. the 1920s, it was like, well, can't really go backwards again. It's kind of so. Mm-hmm. A lot of so things. so many of the younger generation just pushed forward. So it's like, you know, you're gonna be left behind, or might as well adapt to what's coming around. Basically, but yeah. So I'm just like, that was really cool. Just to think, all the way back then, I don't know if she was ever outspoken on it. I would assume not. One, because she was African American, and two, if she was LGBT as well back then, could have gotten a lot of rep- reprimands for it. But um, you know what? Good for her. She's a legend now. So. Good for her. Mm-hmm. All right. And now we're going to move on to the exciting music of dance band. Now, dance band is a genre of jazz and dance music that began in dance halls in England in the 20s and 30s. So dance band music was very popular, mostly in speakeasies and clubs. Um, nearly every town had a location that played dance band music, which made it one of the more popular genres of the music at the time as well apart from jazz. Mm -hmm. So it also laid the foundation for many popular dances, such as the Charleston, Foxtrot, Shimmy, and Lindy Hop. It's the type of music that you see from the 40s, from the 20s, where they are just jumping around, doing flips, guys flipping a girl, girls (laughs) flipping a guy. All that fun stuff that I just love. Legs flaring. I wish I could do. Everything. Yes. Kicks, (laughs) jumps, spins, all all of the things. (laughs) Um, It's a crazy thing. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So some of those popular bands back then included the Paul White, excuse me, I believe it's Paul Whitman, Whiteman, I don't know, and his orchestra, and the Nat Shilkret Orchestra. And yeah, so especially that type of music for sure is what we usually think about for the, yes, we think about it as the jazz age for the 20s, but what's the first thing you think about 1920s? Floppers, speakeasies, drugs, alcohol, and that's kind of like how you associate with like that type of dance music as well, which was also just very groundbreaking because, you know, that music has evolved to now what we call our dance music is EDM basically yeah. sounds nothing like this. This is now like old-fashioned music, well, and even the dancing just... has evolved uh-uh. in such an in such a different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very different way. I don't know what our ancestors <laughs> would think we're doing nowadays. It's like, what is that? Forever I, judging. I can agree with that. <laughs> You'd probably think, but at the same time, like I was looking at a whole bunch of different videos of um, how they danced back then and. That even seems strange to me. Like, I don't understand. I can't even imagine, like, being at a bar or at a club or something like that. And that's how you were, and that's how you would start dancing. I know. (laughs) Just the adults are going to judge the younger generation forever and ever and ever. And then we'll eventually adapt to it. And it's going to be part of history, anyways. Yep. Oh. I wonder what they'll say about this generation. (laughs) 
goodness. <laughs> I mean, we're we're not the youngest generation. We're judging the younger generation now. No offense to any younger viewers, but we're like in the love, older version. Love of everywhere, but yeah, the older form of uh, Gen Z. So, yes, basically, according to TikTok, we're old. So let's, let's put, put it this it way. way: I have a side part. Okay, there's your there's your form of how old I am. <laughs> yeah it's yeah apparently that's old now i did i just we're, learned that. we're about to get off off topic a lot too but i saw on tiktok um i guess this little girl told her older brother who's around our age <laughs> um oh my god why are you using like the laughing crying emoji like that's so, like that means you're so old my generation uses that's the my, cat crying emoji that's my go-to I'm emoji like, i'm like what the the cat one or the normal the normal one exactly and i'm like i use that one all the time why on earth i will use the cat one just to be like cute or like once in a while why would you use the cat crying emoji every single time i like never use that the cat crying emoji. you can ask no anybody that i text i don't ever use no oh yeah Anyone in our generation, none of us use the cat crying emoji. Oh, no. At least, if anything, once in a while for, like, a specific thing. But just for conversation, no. Well, like, talking about this now, like, we talked about, obviously, like, how the older generation kind of looks at the newer, I guess, younger version of a generation even. Because we are technically Gen Gen X as well. Uh, we're We're smack in the middle, honestly. Yeah, we're, like... Pretty much. Technically, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're still technically Generation Gen X. So it's weird to be even seeing, like, y- like even younger people. I'm like, I don't I don't relate to that like that. So I don't know. What's it going to be like when we're older and we're technically the in the older form of the older generation? Mm-hmm. And then our younger generation now is going to be a little older. Then they're going to be judging the younger generation. We're like, yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what we thought of you, too. Yeah. So it's like it makes no sense. Oh my goodness! History, yeah. in a weird way, repeats itself. It's if you are over twenty years old and you go on TikTok, you will be told that you are very old. Oh yeah, you feel that's just how it is. You feel real old if you go on to TikTok over twenty. Mm-hmm. But I'm very happy that there's a lot of older than twenty year olds on there. That you just feel it. You're just like, okay, good. I'm not the only one. They're feeling it too. I always Thank love you. seeing the call out videos where everybody's like, uh, I'm not actually old. Mm-hmm. Like, no. I'm not even 25 yet. Like, dang. <laughs> I know. Someone's like, oh, you're in your mid 20s. So you're practically 30. And I'm just like, and the girls' video I saw was like, excuse me? No. 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 I'm in my mid 20s, meaning I am in my mid 20s. I still have several years before I hit 13. Exactly. I don't know. I. Anyway, it's a whole other thing. Way off topic, (laughs) but basically, you know, history changes and generations change, and yet it feels all the same. Yeah, we'll see that with a lot of different, uh, like I said, with a lot of different music and dance videos. I can't wait till we get to the fifties and we start talking about things like Elvis. Oh my gosh! (laughs) How I'm not going to say that episode's going to be two to three hours long, but it it could be. It's going to be pretty. We'll see. If you saw our fashion episode last week, how much of a tangent I pretty much went off on. Uh, yeah, that episode. We might have to make part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. <laughs> we'll just maybe we'll have separate episodes, obviously, on like 
Elvis and all that stuff. But even mm-hmm. there's just the music and dance episode in itself because it is going to heavily feature yes. things like rock and roll and things. Oh, like, yes. All I do is wiggle, baby. <laughs> he says something like that. <laughs> but Nothing like what the kids do nowadays. Oh, yeah, no. And I was trying to be Elvis if you guys didn't catch it. Um, yeah, that's it. It'll feature a lot of different... I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay, so back to this episode. Back to the 20s. Back to the 1920s, yes. So, my final fact for this music section is that during the 1920s, it was a time for recorded music to actually expand and Mm -hmm. come into records, and which eventually turned into CDs and tapes, and now we have streaming. Wow. I still love that. So, yeah, so it was a time where. Still love that. I'm so happy those are starting to come back. I'm so. I love records. So, yes, yeah, so it was a time it, that recorded music was expanding and gained much prominence at this time due to more modern music being, re- or excuse me, more modern record labels who wanted to take risks with their artists and music. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's how music just evolves and continues. Yes. And um, I always just find it so interesting, honestly, that things like the 1910 invention of the radio helped also really expand you know how people were hearing all this different music like you weren't only hearing it when you went out to a concert or a show or something or a movie or something like that you know you were hearing it on the radio which was crazy even before you got into things like records and things like that you had the radio and that was what you listened to mm-hmm. <laughs> that was family time yes which now has turned into i guess TV time, which people don't even watch TV anymore, like cable TV. So yeah, Netflix I time. <laughs> I, I love my live TV still, but yes. <laughs> and now we are going to take our detour into the dancing portion of this episode. Yes. <laughs> which yes, yes, yes. I know you have been dying to talk about. All right. Very, very exciting. <laughs> um, so yeah, some of the uh, popular dances of the time of course we've already mentioned the charleston which was by far the most popular form of dance at the time uh, but some of the other really big ones that started to emerge were the foxtrot the lindy hop the shimmy and the black bottom which i don't know why it's called that but i don't know i don't know who names these dances mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe I actually found out why it was called Black Bottom. I think I did find it. So I will let you know when we get down there. I love learning new things. (laughs) And then, of course, the ultimately very famous Charleston. Charleston. Sorry. (laughs) The Charleston. When you think of 1920s dancing, like, the first thing you want is, is, is the Charleston. Like when I remember mm-hmm. we were just even talking about this episode and what we wanted to do. I was like, oh, I get to learn about the Charleston, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just, yeah, that's kind of just the first thing you think of, even if you don't really exactly intend to. Exactly. So as the change of music came around in the 1920s, so did the change of dance. Yay. <laughs> So, as we said with uh, the music section as well, 20s dancing was considered very scandalous 
from the older generation. How dare they? Because males, <laughs> I know, because the males and females started to dance closer together. And guess what? Had quicker body movements. Oh, oh my, my gosh. My goodness. So scandalous. And so actually, the flappers took it upon themselves to dance these very new and scandalous styles of dance to challenge the cultural norms. So, but you they, know what? They were Thank always you. challenging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, flappers. I mean, like, of course, it was very popular among anyone going into speakeasies or clubs at the time. Younger generation, of course. But flappers, they were the actual performers. So they're really the ones that helped influence the rest of the generation. Yes. All right, so now we're going to get a little educated on some of the popular dances. Awesome, I'm excited. (laughs) So, of course, the most popular dance at the time was the Charleston. So, this was the most iconic dance during the 1920s, for sure. It can be performed single or with a partner. You don't always need another person, guys. You can do it on your own. Yes. It first originated in the African-American Harlem dance halls, but it became popular when it actually hit Broadway in 1923 in the Broadway musical Running Wild. Love Broadway. And Yes. And guess what the song was called? What? The Charleston. Of course. Of course. <laughs> We're very creative. Uh, oh, of course. And that's, I don't know, I guess that's why I always want to yell, The Charleston! But I know the Newsy show... And California Adventure always did that in their little performance, and that's why I'm always like, the Charleston! Anyway, you know, fun stuff. Okay, so, the Charleston included, I, I don't want to say dance technique, but, I mean, yes, of course, technique. Yeah. But movements of twisting of the feet, kicking legs, and swinging arms all at the same time. Wow, guys. <laughs> That sounds like a workout. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, you kind you actually kind of need coordination to do that. I mean, depending how tech, tech, blah, 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 technically you want to be. <laughs> um, it was typically danced to the ragtime jazz music, like I said, a type of dance band music, the more upbeat orchestral configuration. Um, and actually, it was... Not a surprise, but it was banned in certain towns due to its apparent sexual nature and the exposure, exactly, (laughs) and the exposure of women's legs. Oh, my goodness. We've already talked already about how Mm -hmm. the 1920s were such a big time for women showing their legs. So that's just proof how insane it is Mm -hmm. that that was such a huge thing. For so many different reasons. I know. It's just with like each decade, the the dress or pants get a little shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And now, well, if you're living today, you know what kind of fashion we have nowadays. Yes. But it's interesting how the influence dances as well. Because I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that. I didn't know that that was part of the reason why. I knew it was banned in in several places. But like, Mm -hmm. of course, course, every new dance goes through in some way being quote-unquote banned like yes but exactly like footloose <laughs> yes exactly like footloose you know you don't think about it like that but at the same time um yeah no that's weird i didn't know that that influenced it being banned huh yep 
who knew flailing your arms all around was sexual nature back then? Yeah. How, I, how I, dare understand, they? <laughs> I understand the hips. I understand hips. But just moving your arms and legs, I'm like, what? <laughs> barely even hip movements. You can like, obviously most people have seen videos and things of the Charleston, like mm-hmm. in some form or another. But like of all the dances that we have that we've listed already, uh, the Charleston is probably the least sexual in nature. Mm-hmm. I would say the only reason your hips would kind of be moving is because your feet are being are twisting around. Yeah, but you're thing. not like overtly shaking your hips or anything. Exactly. Like- so it's just it's uh it's interesting. So a little fun fact for me, um, back in high school in my AP U.S. history class, we were going through the decades, and during the 20s, we had, um, like, little different types of projects we had options to do. Like, you know, here's the assignment, three different options, choose one. Lucky. So, you know, me being the dancer, and uh, our other friend Aaron was in this class as well, uh, we decided to partner up together, and I was like, dude, Let's do the Charleston and perform it in front of class. I'm surprised she kind of agreed to do it with me. I mean, she took a dance class with me back in the day, but uh, yeah, she agreed and we did it. And our <coughs> teacher loved it to the point where um, on another, I think it was a different day. It might've been the same day. I don't know. She enjoyed it so much. She wrote a note to give to our other teacher later that day to see if we could be excused for class so we could perform it in her other AP US history class. Why did I not know this? I don't I could have sworn you did. Oh know. my god. I don't know why. I still I found a little slip of papers for of the excusal somewhere when I was looking through all my old school stuff. Oh my god. Um, I, yeah, didn't I wish know we that. had a recording. I remember I don't know if we had a recording but I remember I only had to ever dance like in front of a class once. And it was Spanish class, and I hated it because... Mm. Oh, yeah. I did that all the time. I was like, no, how dare you make me... I was a very shy kid, so I was very much like, how dare you make me stand in front of the class and dance with this dude that I have no... I don't know him. Why do, why do I need to do that? <laughs> so, Oh, gosh. I've taken... Anytime they're like, anyone want to do a, a dance in front of the class? I was like, heck yeah. Of course. Of course you oh, were like that. Heck yeah. In, in my Spanish class, too. Not like when they did the, the Cinco de Mayo thing, but just like in the class. Um, my teacher was a professional flamenco dancer. Um, and so she was starting one day. Um, she promised the guys in class that she would teach some of us uh, flamenco dancing. And dude, it's hard. It's almost like tap dancing, but it's not tap dancing. So it's harder. It's hard. Me. It's hard. But I don't know. I I remember back in uh, English class, certain classes got to have like a Gatsby day whenever like <gasps> when we were reading The Great Gatsby because that's one of the required readings for 11th grade, at least at our school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was so jealous of these classes because my my teacher didn't do that. She was like, I think I, yeah, we didn't have that either. Yeah, she was like, that's stupid. What? I don't want to do that. And da, da, da. <gasps> we, we did get to watch both movies. She did let us watch the Leo DiCaprio version because she loved Leonardo DiCaprio. So she was like, mm. we are watching both of them. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to object to watching a Leonardo DiCaprio movie in my English oh, absolutely. class. But 
I remember being so angry that I wasn't in this one class because I wanted so oh badly to like they like they got to come to school in like 1920s attire and learn how to dance the oh. Charleston and like all that fun stuff. And I remember what being the heck? I was I don't whose remember class whose class was this was, but it was Gosh. one of the 11th grade teachers. And it was only this one particular class that got to do this. Oh. So I, I'm determined when I become a English teacher. And if I do end up teaching the great Gatsby, I'm going to have a Gatsby day. Yes. And just like outsiders day back in the day. Oh, oh I, I wish that would day. come back. I wish oh. that would have come back, but no, I'm going to have Gatsby Day, and that'll be my excuse at least once a year to dress in full 1920s attire, and I will do it. We all know that I will. Oh, absolutely. And just like teach the class the Charles. I'll bring you in to come teach my class the Charleston. How about that? <gasps> oh my gosh, I would love that. <laughs> but no, absolutely. That's one thing that I just remember thinking to myself, like that's so not fair. <laughs> oh, but that would have been so much fun. Implemented in my own life. Anyway, back to the Charleston. <laughs> All right. We're done with the Charleston now. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on to this very, very famous ballroom dance called the Foxtrot. So although it was first developed in the 1910s, it became a very prominent dance and was continuing to be developed with a little bit of changes into technique in the 20s. Now, the Foxtrot was definitely very popularized by two very famous dancers back then named Vernon and Irene Castle. Now, a little fun fact is that Mr. Fred Astaire and Ms. Ginger Rogers actually filmed a movie portraying these dancers. It was one of their final movies, actually. What movie was it? Together. Uh, I think it's the story of Vernon and Irene Castle, something like that. It has their name in it. Okay. I have never seen that one. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I think a little spoiler, so cover your ears if you don't want to hear. It's supposed to be sad at the end. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, he dies in like a plane crash or something. I, I can't mm-hmm. remember if it's because he was in the military or he was just on the plane for whatever reason. But yeah, he ends, he ends up dying. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so the Foxtrot was one of the most popular ballroom dances at the time. And still today, and of all history. Um, so movements include a side-to-side movement and a specific rise and fall action due to the lawn walking movements. Now, if you do watch Dancing with the Stars, you remember Mr. Len Goodman or even Bruno. Where you're like, you need the rise and the fall. Don't be stiff all up in one. The fox right There's movement and graceful and back and forth and up and down. And all with the feet. Use of the feet. Roll through your feet. Don't just step. You roll through the feet. And I just completely, like, you know, went into Bruno and Len's bodies right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very and, true. Like, if you watch the Foxtrot, uh-huh. that is very much, it's a very graceful that's, dance. Yeah. And that's I always, what it makes it so specific, especially compared to, like, the waltz or Viennese waltz, any other slow dance. It is definitely the specific rise and fall movement. Yes. I would say so. I I think mm-hmm. so. That's what always like differentiated it to me with the waltz and stuff like that because they do seem very similar, but mm-hmm. there is that like you kind of are just going like up and down. It's almost like a pretty little wave or something. I don't exactly. Know. It's, weird. <laughs> it's a it's a very pretty dance. I actually quite like mm-hmm. it. 
Um, and so the beats that go along with the foxtrot can vary, such as slow, quick, quick, or slow, slow, quick, quick, you know, depending on the beat of the music Again, and whoever up and down. your choreographer is. Exactly. And yeah, so foxtrot can be danced pretty much to any type of music, um, but it is usually danced to big band swing music, which, of course, why wouldn't it be? Because it's so elegant and fun. And yeah, it can, it's usually slower. But it can be picked up a little bit with the beats. It just depends. Like we said, it's the up and down. Mm-hmm. It goes along with the music that it's it's flowing with, basically. Yeah. Like, and if you really want to look into Foxtrot, of course, Vernon Irene Castle, Fred and Ginger, they've done it in the past. But if you want to see it nowadays, um, definitely read so much videos on Dancing with the Stars with Foxtrot mm-hmm. um, where they're dancing to completely modern music. They're going to do a song to like Beyonce or Madonna or anyone like that to a Foxtrot. Yeah. It can, it can be done. You, ju- you just got to really know how to work the music and put the technique in there and it can be done. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to another very popular dance, which us girls Guys, not so much, but girls tend to do it quite a bit nowadays still. Uh, The shimmy. (laughs) I said the shimmy in a weird voice, but it is the shimmy. So, And they thought that the Charleston Charleston was the sexual dance. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, it got a lot of heat for being very scandalous, but the shimmy did beat it out as the most scandalous dance of the decade. (laughs) Like, because, you know, you're moving your chest area. And, oh, my God, women should not move like that. And men, oh, my goodness. How dare they? Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm being very dramatic. Anyways. So, yes, it was the most scandalous dance of the decade. Um, It was also banned from many dance halls. This one was probably most used from the flappers and anyone down under in the speakeasies and private clubs. Because, you know, inappropriate guys. So inappropriate. How dare they? (laughs) There's a lot of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and there are actually different stories um, and theories of where the shimmy was first originated. Um, I believe there is one where an actress started it. I might be getting it confused. Someone was like, oh, I just started dancing around and it happened. And then someone else mentioned something else that I can't remember. It is online. You may look it up and, you know, leave it up to you. But whatever theory you think is accurate. Um, and if you need to know how to do the shimmy, <laughs> the way you do it is you keep your lower body still while shaking your chest and shoulders rapidly. That is how you do it. The shimmy. How do you keep your lower? That's I'm like, I'm like thinking to it now. Like you need to keep your lower body like very still. And then, I mean, depending how aggressive you <laughs> shake your chest, it might move your hips a little bit, but overall it's, it's the majority of the movement is coming from your chest and shoulders going back and forth. It's funny guys. Cause if forth. you could see me now, I'm like actually trying to like, <laughs> I know I am too. <laughs> and I'm just like, shimmy, shimmy. I was going to honestly you know, say back in the Charles. Everyone like, can shimmy. You really think this is a way more, I guess, quote unquote, sexual dance than the Charleston. I so I was, I was like, if anything, then this. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, come on, people. Like, this is, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little much. I know. 
All right, folks. Our next dance is called the Black Bottom. Again, <laughs> as many of these dances, it also originated in African-American dance halls. And Megan was wondering this in the beginning. Where did they, why and where did the Black Bottom come from? Well, Megan, here is your answer. <laughs> the Black Bottom references an area of Detroit called the Black Bottom. And since Detroit is a very heavily African-American community, that is where it basically kind of originated. Um, it was very popular in the Black community, um, but it did become more popular after hitting the stage as well, such as, you know, the Charleston. And actually, it did become even more popular than the Charleston in the African-American community. So it was more exclusive to them. Other people danced it as well. But it was more among among African Americans that kind of took more prominence than the Charleston. Okay, I haven't seen yeah. too. I couldn't find really any videos on how they dance this. So, all right, guys, and our final dance for this episode is the Lindy Hop, which came around in the later 1920s. It originated from Harlem in 1928. Now, the Lindy Hop is part of the swing dance family. It's based on jazz movements tap movements breakaway and the charleston of course too you put them next to each other they kind of look pretty similar in certain areas the only difference is lindy hop definitely has more acrobatic movements than the charleston like a swing dance um exactly (laughs) exactly um you can also dance single or in partners as well now the fun fact here it is part of the swing dance family, like I said, and later on in the 1950s became known as the Jitterbug. Really? Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, I think, because I know, at least, again, referencing Dancing with the Stars, they don't do it often, but when they do, they do differentiate the Lindy Hop and Jitterbug. Is there, like, a key difference so I feel- between the two, like... I want to say yes, it might be in the feet movement. Because Jitterbug also, as in the 1950s, we will discuss in the future, was also very acrobatic, flipping girls around Which is honestly, when, when you said um, that, like, you could dance that solo, I'm very curious. Like, how do you dance that solo? I'm genuinely curious. I, <laughs> I think what they mean solo, well, yeah. Like, does it not? I would say if you did it solo, it'd be more Charleston vibe. Okay. If it was solo. I I've never seen a Lindy Hop dance solo. Add a partner so in, and it's a little different. I. Yeah, I feel I feel like it probably because it is based off Charleston as well. So I feel it'd be more of a Charleston foot foot movements, arm movements might be a little different, maybe a little more technical to slightly di- differentiate from the Charleston, mm-hmm. but pretty much they're all kind of in the same family. Um, so, yeah, so even though this does say it was later known as the Jitterbug in the 1950s, I do believe that Lindy Hop and Jitterbug have slight differences. So they are dances of their own. But that is up to the dance professionals and experts. I'll probably go into that well. more in the but 50s least, episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. But, yeah, at least in Dancing with the Stars, I've noticed that they have differentiated Lindy Hop hmm. and Jitterbug. But honestly, they are so similar. It's like you probably wouldn't know. If you're not an absolute professional in Jitterbug or Lindy Hop, you probably would not know the difference. Because even for me, it would I be wouldn't, very difficult. I didn't know the to difference. Find out. When I saw, when I was doing the looking things up and the Lindy Hop was one of the first things, I did look up a video of the Lindy Hop and I was like, that just looks like the Jitterbug to me. 
or like a basic mm-hmm. swing dance, like what you think of when you think of a yep. swing dance where you're throwing everybody around and everybody's kicking and flaring and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe Jitterbug's a little more advanced version of the it, lady hop, it, but it's the same. They seem so sim- I wouldn't be able to differentiate the two personally. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really yeah. a dancer, so I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> but we love it anyways. Oh, yes. All right, so that is it for our dancing section. Um, as you guys can see, there are so many different dances that came out of that time and things like that. They all influenced each other and all kinds of things. But I did find some other really interesting facts. Um, so a big thing in the 1920s was movies started to actually have sound to them so before then it was mostly just silent movies and these movies were commonly called talkies um which Yay. i found funny just because like you don't really think of them as talkies now because i don't see too many silent movies nowadays um mm-hmm. but and just like back then you're like i'm going to go see a moving picture yes, and that was insane and it's just no one says that anymore it's like i'm going to mm-hmm. the movies i'm going to go watch yeah. a movie it's just it's so much <laughs> fancier back then um but yeah so like, like back then they kind of didn't really believe of course before like the first couple um like talkies came out people really didn't believe that they were going to be a big thing and obviously now they're a huge thing um so this created a whole new revenue for music distribution and how people heard music um, could be through things like movies. Um, and then obviously musicals eventually became a thing. Um, and if you know me, I am a huge musical person in all aspects, either musical theater, movie musicals, all kinds of things. Pretty much my top four, Mm -hmm. four out of my five top four, top five movies were musicals in some form. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, same here. But yeah, prior to this, musicals were only on Broadway. So the only way that you got exposed to any sort of musical was on Broadway. Um, And I did find some pretty interesting, um, some of the first few like movie musicals that they adapted from Broadway. Um, There was a show called Sally, um, that was originated on Broadway in 1920, and in 1929, they turned it into a musical. Um, a show called Showboat was originally on Broadway in 1927, and then only two years later, in 1929, they turned it into a movie musical. And this also was the case for a show called Rio Rita. Uh, again, 1927 on Broadway to 1929 in a movie musical. Um, and then a lot of shows also used Broadway as a backdrop. A couple examples would be The Jazz Singer in 1928. Um, one fun thing, uh, I was recently just rewatching Singing in the Rain, and this is a movie that they do reference in Singing in the Rain. Um, it's the whole reason why that, why the movie that Gene Kelly's character is working on ends up becoming a talkie, as they would say. Um, and that came out in 1928 and two movies in 1929 that came out were a movie called the Broadway melody and Broadway. Um, and again, singing in the rain with a 
one of the main like musical numbers that Gene Kelly has is um I believe it's called like the Broadway medley and it's just him mm-hmm. yeah it's something, something like, like that, that yeah. um but this is obviously like Yes. Dance. I oh love my goodness! It it's like a that. ten minute, like random interlude in the middle of this movie. Yeah, those are Gene Kelly movies, so he always has some random ten to fifteen. Oh yeah, it's just—it's him showing off. Going on. Basically, it's him showing off <laughs> mm-hmm. what he can do, and I'm not against it, obviously, because I think Gene Kelly is a complete mm-hmm. is a genius. But um, they're basically his way of like showing off what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, prior to this, pretty much that was how music kind of got around to people. Um, but yeah, at the same time though, all these, all these movies and musicals and things like that, they all were heavily jazz music and things like that. So that was another way that people got exposed to jazz music was through Broadway shows and eventually through movies. Um, so I found that interesting as just another avenue on top of the radio and speakeasies and all these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that concludes our 1920s discussion of our music and dance. Um, I personally learned a lot. I don't know about any of you listeners, but. <laughs> Yay. More education. For I personally everyone. learned a lot more than I knew. Um, about the 1920s music and dance at the time. I obviously knew it originally originated with um, jazz music and in the African-American community and things like that. But I didn't know a lot about the dances. So that was super cool to learn. Thank you for that. <laughs> Yay. We'll go on YouTube and watch all of these fabulous, yes, fabulous I dances. Yes, I highly recommend doing that. They're so interesting to compare. Join us next week when we will have our special Valentine's Day episode where we will be discussing some of our favorite couples of the golden age of Hollywood. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.